0: Okay, what characters do you think have queer energy in the Saw franchise? Because in the Tumblr posts, our captor has very helpfully printed out, along with the entire Saw wiki and every Wikipedia page on Saw and all the actors in it, basically everyone there headcans every character is queer.
1: You know who has queer energy? Zep. Zep kind of does
0: have queer energy. He has, like, old closeted queer energy. Yeah. Like, he's staying in the closet until his mother dies.
1: That is so accurate that I'm (laughs) just like, (laughs) like, there's no way that's not canon.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. The huge one for me. Mark does not have gay energy. I'm sorry. He just does not.
1: Oh, people headcanon him as gay?
0: People headcanon him as so gay. They ship him with Agent Peter Strom all the time, which like, I I get it as a ship. Yeah. But like... I don't get outside of that ship, being like, "Oh yeah, Mark is so gay."
1: He just feels like aggressively heterosexual to me. Exactly, and I think that might also be because I dislike him so much, (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like I can only dislike a straight, like a cis man, that much. Let the game begin.
0: Close up. And welcome to We See Saw, a Saw Rewatch podcast where we see Saw. I'm Claudia.
1: And I'm Nicole.
0: And today we are talking about Saw 5, released in 2008, direct by David Hackle, and written once again by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Nicole, What do you think
1: of Saw 5? This one. This is the most memorable Saw to me, and I don't know why. (laughs) Because it's, like, not my favorite. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favorite. But it is, like, the most memorable one to me. It it does have one of my favorite traps in it.
0: Interesting. Because I find this movie so deeply forgettable. (laughs) Out of everything we've watched, this is my least favorite Saw. I thought this movie kind of sucks.
1: What stands out to me about it isn't, like the plot itself because i didn't remember a goddamn thing about the plot i'm gonna be honest but i mean like the traps <laughs> like yeah. oh have always stood out to me i think like in our first episode i mentioned or maybe i just mentioned this to you offline about like remembering i was like oh there was like five people or something and they all had to do things together and whatever yeah, yeah so like i remember that and well we'll get into it when we get there but it does have one of my favorite traps of all time in it that's fair
0: that's fair yeah i just gotta say like the plot of most of this movie is just the creators lying to you.
1: They're (laughs) like, oh,
0: Mark was there the whole
1: time. I made a note of that because there is at one point where they're like, this one guy has been here since the beginning. And I was like, "Mm, has he? (laughs) Exactly.
0: Like at the ceremony where he says like, the man who's been on the jigsaw case since the beginning, Mark Hoffman. And it's like, no, you made that up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That scene specifically, I was like, mm, you're trying to gaslight me?
0: Exactly. This movie just <laughs> gaslights you the whole time. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't like Mark as a... Uh, is Mark a protagonist or an antagonist? He's kind of both, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess he's... Well, because we have like our A and B plot lines, because like, I would argue that he's our protagonist, mm-hmm. you know, because protagonists don't have to be the good guys. yeah. But, like, we're also following Strom this whole time, too. Yeah. So it's like, they're both both.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Depending on whose like, storyline you're following at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a complex web that's currently going on, but it is also probably going to be dead simple to summarize. Mm Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is, I don't like Mark as a protagonist, as an antagonist. I'm sorry to his actor, Costas Mandalore.
1: Oh, the Mandalorian.
0: Oh, the, the real Mandalorian. <laughs> I just do not think he can carry a film like he has to.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just him or like the character, because it's... Yeah. He's just kind of whatever. He's not particularly interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's just like some guy in the worst way, where he's just yeah. like, he's not memorable. I don't think I can tell you a single thing about Mark.
1: He got promoted. <laughs> yeah,
0: he did get promoted. He's a police officer, a detective, and he's also Jigsaw. Like, yeah. that's kind of it. John mentions him being an alcoholic at some point, but we yeah. don't see that.
1: We see he had a sister.
0: Yeah, he had a sister who he loved. I don't know why they invited him onto the scene of his sister's murder.
1: Yeah. There were a couple things in this movie that did, like, bother me. That being one of them and a bunch of other things that are somewhat related. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's I mean, Amanda was a character like she yeah. had a lot going on, you know. And so that's why I, she was much more like captivating to watch as a little jigsaw protege. But yeah, Mark is just like pretty unremarkable. Yeah. <laughs> unremarkable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With Amanda, Amanda makes sense to have become a jigsaw protege, right? Because mm-hmm. we see her in the first movie. And she is the only person who one survives and two says that this helped her. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie, we see her again. And when they do that reveal, it's like, of course she's now working with Jigsaw because she believes in this. Yeah. It makes sense. Whereas Mark being revealed as another protege at the end of Saw 4 doesn't make sense because we know nothing about him. They only just introduced him. Yeah. I mean,. Technically, he had a cameo in Saw Mm 3, but like they just introduced them and they're like, oh, by the way, he's the guy, you know.
1: You know him. You've He's been here since the beginning, Sweaty. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like I said in the Saw 2 episode, how like there's something that's very telegraphed for a future twist there. Mm-hmm. This is not telegraphed at all because no. I feel like Mark was not intended to be a character until Saw 4. I think that they needed some guy, but realized that every cop was either dead or actively fighting Jigsaw. So they yeah. just made a new guy.
1: Yeah. I don't know, because I mean, I like... What they were going for, like, oh, it's been an inside. There's someone inside who's like been doing all this. I mean, I feel it like as a concept, it's very cool. I just don't think it was well executed because Mark is just some guy.
0: If he had any sort of build up to it, if he had been in Saw 3 in any other capacity, Mm -hmm. if he had like been in Saw 2 at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to ask for him to be in Saw 1 because the only people who are in Saw 1 that carry over are Detective Allison Carey. Amanda and John yeah everybody else basically just stays in saw one if they just picked someone else Mm
1: -hmm. like somebody
0: who's already there like you know who's actually been on the jigsaw case since the beginning fucking Fisk who we met a little bit in the last movie Mm -hmm. but they actually show that he has been on the case since the beginning because Peter pulls out a bunch of like victim files Mm -hmm. Like, a sheet of every victim of Jigsaw. And it also shows, like, which officers were in charge of each case. And Fisk is, like, the first three. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, still involved. He's, like, the only cop who is investigating Jigsaw has been here since the beginning and has not been targeted at all. And I think it's because Mark likes him. He seems to be Mark's little buddy.
1: Yeah. Oh, his pal. <laughs> so I guess we should just get into the plot.
0: Yeah, let's get into the summary. Nicole, tell us about the opening kill.
1: Oh, yes. I call this trap the fist and the pendulum. <laughs> uh-
0: <laughs> Very good. I also, I called it the pit and the pendulum, but yeah, the fist and the pendulum. <laughs>
1: So we see Seth, our boy Seth, you know, friend of the show, Seth. Yes,
0: friend of the show, Seth. Seth from (laughs) (laughs) C-Squad.
1: And he's like, what, like strapped down by his neck and like some other body parts, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's a big old pendulum. I'm trying to think what it like looks like. It's
0: a big axe blade.
1: Big axe blade. And So basically, if he wants to get out, he's going to have to pushed his hands into the little contraptions that will then break all the bones in his hands. Essentially, just like breaking whatever he used to break other people or something like that. Yeah. So we learned that he was convicted of murder, but was released early after only five years of what was supposed to be, I think, a 25-year or lifetime sentence. Yeah. Due to a technicality.
0: I have no idea what kind of technicality could get you off after five years.
1: Well, we can get into this in a little bit, I think. Let's just remember this when this comes back up again.
0: Also remember that here Seth says that this murder was an accident.
1: Yeah. Which, like, uh, we've all been there. Yeah, you know. You know. Whoops. Okay, so, like, this trap, real quick, because, yeah, he has to press a button with each hand to activate each vice for them to crush his hands, and he has a minute to do so. Can we talk about how fucking slowly, like, how slow this was? Yeah. Yeah. It took forever for them to crush his hands. I thought it was going to be instant like, whop, you yeah. know,
0: boom, 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 and just like
1: fucking yeah.
0: pulverize them. But no, it's just like this slow press. It's like this isn't a very well designed machine.
1: Yeah, well, because that and it's like, are, are you really then given 60 seconds to escape the trap? No, you're given less time. Exactly. Whatever. There's that. But he does it. He's able to crush his hands, but the pendulum does not stop swinging. And so Seth is fucking cut in half, like slashed right across his stomach. His intestines are flying all over the place. (laughs) I thought that
0: was a cool touch.
1: (laughs) I was like, ew, this is gross. And he turns to the side and he sees somebody with their little eye peeking out from a hole. And Seth said something along the lines of, like, I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And it's like, he did, but he was still in the trap. And This is a very, like, direct parallel to the first movie when we see John's eye through the hole during that mm-hmm. first trap.
0: It's also kind of parallel to Saw 3. Because I think in your mind, you're also kind of supposed to think of Amanda, how she made these unwinnable traps.
1: Yeah. So definitely, it's like we see a combination of both previous jigsaws in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, R.I.P. Seth sliced open. R I P.
0: So we pick up where we left off in Saw <gasps> 4, where Agent Strom is shut into the room where everybody's bodies are. <laughs> the entire massacre from Saw 3. He finds this tape recorder because man, John must have been busy in his like final couple of days recording all these messages, How swallowing real? the tape making this insurance tape just in case.
1: This man is playing like 17D chess. Yeah. (laughs) It's wild.
0: See, he's the only one that I sort of buy whenever they show me some bullshit that like, oh, (laughs) this was this whole time. I kind of buy it because that is like John's character.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like this man is overthinking incarnate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So he gets her a tape... What the fuck does this tape even say? It's just like haha, Aiden Strom.
1: Ha ha ha. It's like if you're listening to this, I'm dead. And yeah. this room can be your tomb or it can be your sanctuary. Just, you know, so long as you don't move forward. And Strom's like, fuck that.
0: Yeah, he's I love Strom in this movie. I do too. He, he gets these recordings and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> uh
1: he's very fun to watch in this movie. I really liked him. Yeah. So anyway, so he's, he's, you know, bopping around and, oh my God, he gets attacked by somebody in a pig mask who could have seen uh-huh. this coming. <laughs> and he wakes up in, what? not to give away everything, but like, this is one of my favorite traps of all time.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this is fantastic.
1: This is great.
0: I think the trap itself isn't that good, but the solution yes. that yeah. Peter finds is the best. Tell me about the trap, Nicole.
1: Oh my God. I love this one. I called it the scuba helmet. Not a very good scuba helmet. So Strom's head is in this glass tank with two tubes leading inside. And it slowly starts filling up with water. So he's going to drown. And the only thing he has on his person is like a Bic pen. And so he fucking sticks it into, what is it, his trachea? Yeah. He gives himself a tracheotomy and is able to breathe, even though he was supposed to drown because this was unwinnable. This was supposed to be unwinnable. Yep. He wasn't given, like, any of the tools to survive, but he fucking figured it out. Oh, it's so cool.
0: Exactly. Like, I I love that because he's the only person to survive a trap like that.
1: Yes. Oh, it's so fucking cool. It's
0: such a good character establishing moment, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Peter thinks outside the box, literally. literally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's so good. It's, it's definitely... This is a, one of the most memorable traps to me, along with Reverse Bear Trap. Mm-hmm. These are kind of my top two in terms of how how well and vividly i remember them after all this time yeah
0: that makes sense because
1: this one was just so fucking sick it's so simple he was just gonna drown but he said not today bitch (laughs) and gave himself a freaking tracheotomy
0: Jesus, man!
1: Oh, the balls
0: sick. of steel
1: for real.
0: Oh, this is what I meant by the way in the last episode where Peter and Mark get immediately visually differentiated. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> but also now that I learned that I was looking at Luke from Gilmore Girls, I was able to like easily identify him without the like neck patch band aid. <laughs>
0: okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After Peter escapes, how does he get his head out of the thing?
1: Well, I'm thinking that like people are just called over.
0: Oh, okay. Like, he's just vibing there until somebody comes and helps him.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Which sucks, but, yeah. like, that's gotta be it.
0: Yeah. I guess knowing that you can breathe, that might be, like, I don't know. It's kind of the most relaxing saw trap, then.
1: I guess so. I mean, you're only breathing this tiny little hole in your throat. And, ugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think if I knew that help was coming, and I had already figured this out, I would feel a lot better.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Instead of, just- oh my god, because if you were just stuck there. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Help arrives. Peter gets freed. And Mark comes out of the building carrying Jeff's daughter. And Jeff's daughter is carrying the stuffed animal that we saw in the last movie. Confirmed. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I felt so good for noticing that in the last movie. That was
1: awesome. That was awesome. (laughs) Thank
0: you. We also get confirmation that Riggs is dead. R.I.P. Damn R.I.P. And Mark starts to say, like, he and the little girl were the only ones who survived. And then Peter comes out on a stretcher. (laughs) Like,
1: we got a live one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. And Mark seems confused and annoyed.
1: Yeah, he definitely did not account for that. (laughs) He wasn't counting on that. And also, he said that the only reason he survived was because, like, the straps broke or Jigsaw made a mistake or something.
0: Yeah, he gave some bullshit.
1: Some weak ass nonsense. We'll get to that, too.
0: Yeah. So soon after this, Mark goes to his little jigsaw layer, and he unveils a diorama of our current set of games. And also, <gasps> he adjusts one figure in the diorama because that person is laying differently on the monitor than the diorama <laughs> represents, which is like, you fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're going to talk about the entire B plot, and then we're going to circle back to the main soap opera.
1: Oh yes, oh yes. All right. So, oh, how many people are in here? Five, five people. It's all five. Oh, haha! That's why—not <laughs> because it's the fifth movie, but because there are five people. Okay. So we find five people in a room, and they're all like strapped by their necks to some sort of device it's like a pulley and then also if you are pulled back too far your head will probably get chopped off because of these big ass blades and so you know they start waking up and they see a countdown for 15 minutes and what i did like about this bit is that they were actually talking for a little while and i was like yes like figure it out work through it
0: this is the most observant team That we've ever seen. Like, literally, one of them is like, these are connected to that timer over there. And there is a couple of nail bombs in there that are connected to the other timer. If we move too far, it's going to pull a pin and start one of these timers. Yeah. And like, oh my god, somebody who like stopped for a second to think.
1: I mean, not that it does them much good, because somebody does freak out and start yanking. Yep. And so what they have to do is they have to reach for these glass boxes with keys in them. Basically, if one person pulls forward, everyone else gets pulled back and closer to the fucking blades of doom. If they don't move within 15 minutes, the nail bombs will go off. But once that timer is activated, the other timer, Mm -hmm. they have one minute to escape before their cords are like yanked all the way back and they get their heads chopped off. Lovely. So this is, you know, a fight between the five of them. One by one, they're able to retrieve the keys and escape, except for the first victim, Ashley. Ashley who is then, you know, pulled back and her head gets chopped off. So R.I.P. Ashley.
0: R.I.P. Ashley.
1: So let me change her name in my notes here.
0: Yeah, from blonde woman to Ashley.
1: Oh, I had blonde lady.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I just wrote (laughs) blondie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can we talk about how one of these several characters has their names said in the movie.
1: Yeah. So thank you, Sawwiki.
0: Yep. Thank you, Sawwiki.
1: Friend of the show (laughs) Sawwiki.
0: Hey, if you run the Sawwiki, message us. I want to send you a certificate for best wiki.
1: Yeah, for real. (laughs) Oh, so before everyone exits, one of the women, she uh, goes back and she actually grabs all the keys And so one of the guys is like, what are you doing? And she says, I'm being smart. And it's like, yes, you are, because you bet your ass that I would also be grabbing anything I could get my fucking hands on that could possibly serve me in the next trap.
0: She is also the person who you had to like break a glass box to get your key. She broke it with... Her high heel. Yeah. Instead of everyone else who like punched it or whatever. Yeah. That's smart.
1: Yes. Like if I'm going to be stuck in a trap with somebody, like let it be her. Mm -hmm. She was great. Now we're in the next room. Mm -hmm. Four survivors. And there are 16 glass jars hanging from the ceiling. And so they give themselves a minute because they realize that if they close the door, then it'll activate the next timer. But then they're like, fuck it. And they close the door. And so another tape lets them know that there are four chambers in the walls that will provide shelter from an explosion because oh my god big surprise it's another fucking bomb
0: there oh no, no there are four chambers it's just that three of them have have keys never mind
1: oh three of them have keys
0: yeah that's that's the whole thing that's the reason why they're fighting
1: okay wait then like what's the point of the fourth one then
0: i i don't know i guess to make you take longer to figure out what key goes where even though you can I very guess? easily see
1: yeah okay okay So yeah, the keys to these chambers are in the jars that are hanging from the ceiling, but only three of them fit the locks. So we have 60 seconds. The two guys, because right now we have two guys and two women. Two guys start fighting each other. (laughs) Also, there are two, what, like rebars or something just kind of lying around? I think
0: they're pipes.
1: Pipes, and they're just using them to smash the jars like pinatas. While the the two dudes are fighting, the women are, you know, breaking shit and sifting through the glass and are able to find keys let's talk about our, our folks here i guess because like ashley yeah. was a nothing person she died right away
0: Yep, ashley was a fire inspector that is the only thing we learn about her Yes, and that she was fired recently
1: haha we have charles who's an investigative reporter of some kind and so he happens to know like all of these people and they're like how do you know us and he's like a magician never reveals his secrets but then eventually he does say that he's an investigative reporter <laughs> We have Malik,
0: trust fund baby, and heroin addict.
1: Bless his heart. <laughs> we have Britt, who's the smart lady who broke the thing with her heel.
0: She's a realty developer. What? What the
1: hell? Is yeah, the she's file? like a, she's like a real estate developer. Or real she's estate like VP developer. of a real estate development company, something like that. Yeah. But she's like a VP. And she's very high up. And then we have Luba, who works for city planning. And is also the daughter of some guy who owns a sports team.
0: I did look up the sports team to see if it was real. It is not.
1: (laughs) So no idea as to where we are still. Just some like generic ass bad city.
0: (laughs) I even tried looking at the license plates.
1: Really? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I was like, surely there's something. Mark has a degree in his office. I was like, where did Mark go to college? Oh, he went to college at Field University, a university oh. that does not exist.
1: University of college. <laughs> <laughs> college State University.
0: Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> City <laughs> State
1: <laughs> University. <laughs> um. So Charles, a reporter, grabs a key for himself, but right before he's able to use it, Luba Fucking wax him with the pole or pipe, whatever the hell she has. And so Malik grabs the key, enters a third chamber, and then boom, boom goes the room, and Charles is dead.
0: And boom goes the dynamite.
1: My name for this trap was Boo Boo Keys.
0: Yeah. Really, though? Yeah. <laughs> Boo <Boo-boo> Boo <laughs> Keys.
1: <laughs> so RIP. All right. On to the next trap, and three remain. So they dig deeper. Into their past. They're trying to find if there's a connection between them, they're trying to figure out what brought them there. So Malik admits that he had caused the death of eight people, but he didn't mean for that to happen.
0: And also, nobody knew about it.
1: Yes, and then Luba says that she had taken bribes while working for city planning. And Britt, who, yes, is vice president of a real estate company, she regularly tears down older buildings to build new ones, which causes a shit ton of people to lose their homes. Oh, good. So, instructions for their next test. (laughs) There's a bathtub full of water in the middle of the room, so they have to close these circuits in order to open the next door. But the cords are too short. But you know what conducts electricity? Water and people. (laughs) (laughs) Luba and Malik fight. And she's like, get in the bathtub, connecting like the cables to his body. But before she can like get him, Brit stabs her in the neck. Yep. And so then her dead ass body is used as the conductor. They throw her in the tub and they're able to open the door and escape the room. R.I.P. Luba. And then there were two.
0: (laughs) And then the final trap. So the final trap is this box with five holes in it that each lead to one saw. Also, at
1: <laughs>
0: one hour, 11 minutes and 50 seconds, we see some saws.
1: Yay, we did it.
0: Pretty high saw count in this movie if we're counting oh, yes. individual saws. There are five here. Brit notices in the center of this box at like the very bottom is a beaker with a bobble in it what they figure out is that they have to put their hands into the holes and cut their hands right on the finger crotch Uh. and they have to give enough blood to fill the beaker and what they realize is that every one of the other traps could have been solved so that all of them survived and that at this point they each only had to give two pints of blood instead of now Brit and Malik have to give five pints of blood each.
1: Big oof. Big oof. Also, all these previous traps, like the first one, for example, the the, the guillotine-ish one, the keys were all identical, right? If I remember that correctly? Yep. Yeah.
0: Every key was the same.
1: So they all could have helped each other out, but they didn't. The second room, the boom-boom room, <laughs> could have fit... <laughs> Could have fit more than one person in those chambers. Yep. Easy peasy. They were deep chambers. Third room, there were five cords. And so they each could have used themselves as as conductors, making the overall like charge going between all of them. Like not as... How does this work?
0: (laughs) Straight up, I do not believe this one.
1: Okay. I
0: don't don't understand it because like, it theoretically takes a fair bit of electricity to power the lock thing. Mm -hmm. I think it would kill you yeah like regardless. and Brit is like we each way have only had to have a little shock instead of one person getting fucking electrocuted and fried like an egg. In fact, I have a lot of problems with this. The only one <laughs> that makes sense is the the bomb one because, mm-hmm. yeah, you could pretty easily see that each of those could fit two people let's say. Mm -hmm. But the first one, you had 60 seconds to do this. I don't think you could have told from a distance that all of the keys are the same. Nope. And I don't think it's a wise use of your time to see if your key works for someone else.
1: I guess it's like, you know, if they were really willing to help someone else, like they could have broken someone else's box.
0: Yeah, I think the smart move was probably to once you decide to go, do it really quick one at a time and stop fighting about it be like okay Brit goes Malik goes Charles goes Luba goes and Ashley what was her name
1: yeah Luba Brit Ashley Malik Charles
0: and then Ashley goes and you're all free in 60 seconds I believe that you could do that yeah I mean the whole point is that they can't do it but
1: I don't know it's like again go up there grab your key and then like help other people I don't know
0: I think it's a bad idea
1: so there was that one, the second one, the third one with was the...
0: Electricity, and now the blood.
1: And now the blood, the blood drive.
0: <laughs> hey, speaking of, Lionsgate Studios, whenever a Saw movie came out, they did a blood drive.
1: Oh, bless yeah. their hearts.
0: They called it, like, how much can you give or something like that.
1: Did they let you give more than, like, the recommended amount? No. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to it's,
0: it's just like, oh, here's our, like, Saw-themed blood drive. Like, do something nice that's kind of, like, in the spirit.
1: Oh my god, I hope they do one for the next song <laughs> let, me, let me do that. So fun fact about this trap, real animal blood was used, but they said they wouldn't have used it if they had known how bad it was going to smell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why did they use real blood?
1: <laughs> for the drama.
0: Oh my god.
1: This one was rough to watch, especially because they have to give so much blood and then they have to like really slice their finger crotch all the way down to like the wrist and you see it like dangling like, ugh.
0: Oh, this one really gave me some ick. I know. And that's basically it. We'll catch up with them at the end of the A-plot. But for now, they are alive and the door is open.
1: Hooray, we did it. But at what cost? Ten pints of blood. My
0: finger crotch will never be the same.
1: Not my finger crotch. My my, my best feature. (laughs) All right. So at the same time as this game begins, cut to Agent Strom, who is leaving the hospital now with a bandaid on his neck because he's had to shank himself in the throat. So this man is hella convinced that Detective Hoffman is... The jigsaw accomplice that he suspected was a guy.
0: <laughs> it's so funny that he calls it in one. Yeah, like oh sure, this motherfucker with the flimsy ass story, yeah. <laughs> like got out.
1: And here's the thing, because I, I was I alluded to this earlier. This did bother me. How the fuck was he the only one to suspect Hoffman of this?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think everyone is like, surely it couldn't be our boy in the police. A police officer has never done anything in their lives. It's true. It's true. Like I think forty percent of people would say that police officer has never done anything wrong in their lives. Google forty percent of
1: cops. (laughs) It just astounds me that he was the only one to think this because, like. I mean, he says to so himself, Jigsaw doesn't make mistakes. And you're going to give me some bullshit that your straps were fucked up and you were able to escape. Yeah. Be fucking for real. And then also he came out carrying the little girl like, oh, he's the hero.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like, how did you know where to find her?
1: Yeah. Be fucking for real. <laughs> also, who asks Hoffman about who the toy is for?
0: That was Perez.
1: Oh, okay, never mind then. I
0: feel like the average person wouldn't be able to connect, like, oh, that's the same stuffed animal I saw before, when it's like kind of generic looking.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking it's like his Mark sort of alluded to having a child or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you could verify that. Yeah. Yeah like i don't know man kind of weird that you came out here with this little girl pretty convenient if you ask me it just all seemed a little too convenient where i know we're able to see things that the cops aren't Mm. and whatever but be fucking for real
0: yeah i would also like to say that we get to see another jigsaw magazine cover yes this one is new mercury death of a killer The Two Sides of John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw. It's interesting to see the different articles that we see about him. And so many of them are like killer or genius, that sort of thing.
1: It's because he's a white man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, guys, press conference, the Jigsaw murders are over. Yay! Yay!
1: This is the last episode of the podcast because it's done. (laughs) We did it.
0: All right, game over, everyone. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff to say about this scene.
1: that oh, hit me with it.
0: So one, David Tapp confirmed dead. R.I.P. R.I.P.
1: Oh, we didn't confirm dead. before, <laughs> yep. did we? He
0: didn't. We did not get a oh, confirmation on uh-huh. the um, death uh, because he technically lives into the Saw video game where he dies after.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay.
0: Also, Rig finally gets a first name after four movies. <laughs> Rig, aka Daniel Rig. And then, as we talked about before, where the chief of police is like, now to deliver a speech, the man who's been on the case since the beginning, Mark Hoffman, and it's like, no.
1: Trying to fucking gaslight us. Yeah,
0: you are disrespecting the memories of David Tapp and Stephen Singh by saying that. Yeah. Steven Singh also gets a first name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie actually gives a lot of characters full names.
1: We learn so much.
0: We learn so much in this movie. And in Mark's little speech, he's like, I believe true justice has been served. And it's like, you didn't do anything. Even if you weren't Jigsaw, you did nothing. John Kramer was killed by one of his test subjects. And you just kind of showed up. Like, oh, we did such a good job of solving the Jigsaw case. That's why 27 people are dead. 28? <laughs> How? What are we up to?
1: Uh, I think it was 29. Yeah. 29 before we got to this movie.
0: Jesus Christ. To, at oh, least... wait, no,
1: because we got con- we got con- confirmations now. Oh,
0: yeah, we got confirmations on like five other people.
1: 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. So that's from before. Mm-hmm. And then for this one, we have confirmed Rig and Tap, mm-hmm. and at this point, we have also Seth. So that's thirty-two people.
0: Yep, thirty-three. Because right after this scene, we find out that Detective Perez died. Yeah, just off-screen, or it's implied that she died. Everyone's like, "I'm so sorry," and her bed is empty and stuff. So
1: and also covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I have to assume they're not saying, oh, I'm so sorry that she went home and didn't tell you.
1: She fucking ghosted you, man.
0: (laughs) We were supposed to go to the movies once she
1: got out of the hospital. No, we were supposed to see Saw 10 together. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. So yeah, we have a death count of like 32, 33 people by this point. At least because, you know, this is just what we've seen in the movies. We did it, guys. (laughs) We
0: did it. We (laughs) solved the jigsaw case. And it's okay. also like, you knew who it was for at least six months, but still could not get him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, The
0: worst police. The worst police, <laughs> <laughs> the worst oh, police could, department.
1: Good thing I don't live in metropolitan city.
0: Yeah. Because well. otherwise
1: I'd be... <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why I live in suburb town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rural village. <laughs>
0: Oh, so Peter gets taken off the case by his FBI superior, Erickson, another character with no first name. Yeah. And Erickson does mention, like, by the way, there were like a dozen bodies at that crime scene. Yeah. Like, you're you're off the case. Yeah. (laughs) Which I found it to be just a very funny, like lampshade hanging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people died here.
1: (laughs) So he's taken off the case and is encouraged to take time off, but Hoffman isn't, even though he's supposedly been through the same shit. Yep. Be fucking for real.
0: (laughs) Well, it's FBI versus police department.
1: But still.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: They're just kind of like, oh yeah, you got kidnapped and saw Eric Matthews get his head squished right in front of you and then also (laughs) Rig died right in front of you. And then also the lawyer guy, Mm -hmm. right? Because he was confirmed dead. Yeah, he he is dead. Also the fucking lawyer guy. You thought you were going to get electrocuted. Keep on working, buddy. You're fine. (laughs) They wouldn't fucking do that.
0: No, they would give him a sweet pension.
1: Be fucking for real. (laughs) Even if he like was totally fine to keep working, I highly doubt they would keep him on the case because now he's like too close to it.
0: Yeah. And also the case is done for what everyone knows.
1: Yeah. So mm. whatever. I don't know.
0: Back to work. Wild. The fun's over.
1: (laughs) Wild.
0: Peter and Mark have a confrontation where Peter all but accuses him of being Jigsaw.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Peter.
0: (laughs) He like comes so close to saying it, but like backs off just enough. Mm -hmm. So Peter starts going on a quest to find evidence that Mark is Jigsaw. He starts going through FBI files and he finds no past crimes or records for Mark. He instead looks up, like, local news stuff about him. Mm -hmm. And he finds an article about Mark's sister who was murdered by her ex-boyfriend.
1: Are we adding her to the kill count?
0: No, because she wasn't a jigsaw victim.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: I think she exists in the realm of Gideon and the eight people who died in the fire. Gotcha. Unrelated killings.
1: Okay. So, yeah, RIP to his sister.
0: Yep. And her ex-boyfriend... Was Seth. Seth Baxter from (gasps) the very beginning.
1: No way!
0: And we see Peter do a mental recreation of the incident. He like, for some reason, every one of these crime scenes is still like set up perfectly.
1: I made a note of that too. It's wild.
0: They just took out the bodies but left the barbed wire cage in there for Paul.
1: Left the fucking operating table and stuff. In John's room. Like, come on, man. Wild.
0: Also, shout out to Mike Butters, a.k.a. Paul, a.k.a. Pepsi for TV game guy from the Pepsi Man game. He shows up here and gives a hell of a performance. (laughs)
1: But well, yeah, so it's Seth Baxter is the one who killed Detective Hoffman's sister, but he said it was an accident. And based on those crime scene photos, I think he might be lying. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, you know how you accidentally slash your girlfriend's throat. Oh,
1: God. Tell me about Deeply. It. Women, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, she he was probably just like... <laughs> He was like, make sure that you stay away from this knife. And she was like, what knife? And slashed her own throat like three inches
1: oh. deep.
0: As per usual.
1: He, or She walked into his knife. She walked into his knife ten times.
0: <laughs> and so we get a flashback showing that Mark was actually the one who set up the trap that killed Seth at the beginning of the movie. Oh. And then he gets a letter on his desk that just says, I know who you are.
1: Oh. <laughs> Scary. Which
0: is very, I know what you did last summer. Yep. Why does Mark go to this building in particular?
1: Um, that's a very good question.
0: Yeah, Mark goes to this specific, like, apartment building, office building, and he, like, meets John in the elevator, and he's, like, going up, and John's like, yes, yes, actually. And then he notices that John is wearing, like, black leather gloves, and he starts to reach for his gun, and he's like, what floor are you getting off on? And... John stabs a needle into his neck. And he's like, I believe we're going to the same floor.
1: So briefly in that elevator scene, Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Milton are in there with him.
0: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the
1: little cameos. And also confirmed that Seth's trap was inspired by Edgar Allan Poe's The Pit and the Pendulum.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad that, that it's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> that really is a jigsaw trap in a lot of ways. The Pit and the Pendulum. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Mark wakes up and he's tied to a chair with his shotgun pointed against his chin, like strapped in, where if he moves his arms at all, the trigger will pull on the shotgun. Uh Uh-oh. So he and John have a conversation. John, of course, does the usual thing of like, I never killed anyone, I'm just a little guy. (laughs) 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 One thing is that like, he says about seth like everyone deserves a chance to win their game and i'm like no that's not even true with your shit no nope. what about the question mark guy what about the drills guy what about the husband in the spike one
1: i'm almost thinking it's because they weren't the ones being tested so they don't count i guess <laughs> it's still fucking stupid you're still saying you're not a murderer yeah i'll out of here
0: ridiculous also john takes the time to insult mark's trap He's like, you used an inferior blade. It's not that sharp. You need tempered steel. I think that you did a shit job on this
1: yeah and he's like oh like you're putting this on me like you're putting your inferior work on me i ain't do this shit you kidding me
0: (laughs) on john's flawless portfolio yeah i don't remember what happens to get them to this point but john just like takes the gun and he's like feigning pulling back the trigger a little bit and then he actually does pull it back and the gun was not loaded i I don't know what this accomplished
1: i don't really get that part but their conversation is basically like all right detective hoffman here's the dealio so i know what you did last summer so if you do the right thing and arrest me because i am jigsaw confirmed i'm gonna tell on you (laughs) (laughs) or you can join me and like indulge these like impulses you have but do it in like a healthy productive manner like serve justice the way it should be served because clearly it's not working the way you're doing it as a cop
0: yeah he's like serve justice in a way that'll let you sleep at night
1: yeah and then <laughs> Hoffman's like but what if I kill you and John's like well I have shit in place that if I were to disappear your shit would be outed and people would find out <laughs> So it really kind of backs him into a corner here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, guess he had no choice but to become a little jigsaw baby.
0: Oh, well, if he enjoys it, that's, you know, that's just kind of the cost of doing business.
1: Yeah, Lord.
0: Oh, also when John like propositions Mark, they show it in a mirror that John, like, points at him and Mark, and there's a skull on a desk behind them, like, between them. hmm I'm like, oh, the cinnamon topography.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, as a Joker origin story, kind of weak.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If they didn't make this shit up for this movie, like, if we had seen Seth in a different movie, like... If we saw him in three, in the place of Troy, with the, the piercings. Ooh,
1: yeah.
0: I think that would have worked a lot better, because then we get to see, no, that wasn't actually Amanda, that was Mark, and it was a personal vengeance thing. Yeah. he would still be making shit up,
1: mm-hmm. but it
0: would be a little more connected. Yeah, it
1: would have more roots in, like, existing canon already.
0: Mm-hmm. So then we get a series of flashbacks to different Saw movies, <laughs> where, like, Mark and John kidnap Paul, the guy in the razor trap, RIP Pepsi for TV game guy. RIP. Also, it seems like his quote unquote maybe suicide attempt was like a spur of the moment kind of thing, where he's like drinking in his car and he breaks the bottle and he like starts to go and maybe cut his arm with it when he hears something outside, gets out of the car and then gets kidnapped. And then in the trap, it's like, were you cutting yourself for attention or because you really wanted to die? And I would like to say he did not cut himself at all, actually.
1: Yeah, unless he was talking about a time before then. If anything, like I would believe more that he was a frequent like drunk driver because he yeah. was sitting in his car while drinking. Yep. So I would believe that maybe he was going to cut himself as a self-punishment for having like harmed somebody because he was drinking and driving. Yeah. I feel like that would be more believable, it would connect more to what we've seen. But whatever, I just work here.
0: Unfortunately, we have to deal with what we got in the first movie, so yeah. whatever. I will say also John has the bald head and soul patch in this flashback. I like how they <laughs> yeah. have like a canon of when John has what hairstyle. Yes. It's like in the timeline of the first movie, he has bald head and soul patch. Everywhere else, he's got the longer, balding hair. hmm I think that's funny.
1: Iconic soul patch.
0: <laughs> also, after Paul dies, John and Mark are hiding behind the little peephole watching him, and Mark's like, I didn't expect to feel regret. And John's like, it can never be personal. You can't get attached. And I'm like, okay, so how about these personal killings? How about Dr. Gordon? How about Zepp? How about fucking Amanda in movie three? It's John is the biggest hypocrite on earth, and I kind of love it, but it also drives me insane.
1: Yeah, I would argue that a man. Oh, no, because Amanda was personal because he, he wanted to carry on his legacy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that was more a professional thing. You got to I mean, oh, you yeah. know, it's maintaining the brand's integrity.
0: It's not personal, Amanda. It's just business. <laughs>
1: He spent all this time building up a brand and he can't have one lady messing it up.
0: Yeah, women (laughs) can't (laughs) do (laughs) anything right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bitches, am I right?
0: (laughs) We also get a little bit of Jill, John's ex-wife in this movie. (gasps) Jill? She gets a tape and a box from John's lawyer, which I guess amounts to his will. We never find out what's in the box, but the tape is like, Jill, I always loved you so much. I still feel, like, a lot of guilt and responsibility for you losing the baby at the clinic because I encouraged your decisions regarding your patients there. And it's like, no, you didn't actually. In the Uh, last movie, it seemed like you were constantly chastising her for working there at all. Yeah. You were like, you have to prioritize yourself. These people, like, aren't worth it. You're just gaslighting her as if you didn't leave her because of this.
1: I think that he thinks that he was allowing this because he didn't set her up in a fucking, like, bear trap like he does with every other woman in the series. True.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, actually true, though. <laughs> I think every single woman in this series has been saw trapped <laughs> except for Jill. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, at least there are a couple of, like, FBI people or just, like, random background characters that haven't been sawed. Mm-hmm. But every single woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn. Bitches, am I right?
0: <laughs> what is this, every man hybrid? <laughs> <laughs> also, to open the box that John gave her, Jill has has apparently had a key on a necklace that she wears all the time, just on her, I guess just waiting for this moment. Which was like the corniest shit, but I also did kind of love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very John. It is.
0: He's like, here's this gift to you. I hope you like it. And she's like, You gave me a fucking key, a huge ass key.
1: Yeah, right. As a necklace.
0: <laughs> and he's like, You'll understand it someday.
1: <laughs> and the someday is today, and she gets the box. <sighs> yep. What's in the box? His dick. Oh. <laughs> After we see this scene, Jill does go to Erickson and she says, I think I'm being followed. I think it's by that agent who questioned me. So Agent Strom. So a seed of suspicion has been planted into Erickson's brain. That Strom may be up to no good.
0: And the second seed is planted by Mark, who calls Erickson and he's like, oh, I was hoping to talk to Agent Strom. Did he ever tell you about his theory that there may be like an additional jigsaw person, like somebody who was maybe on the inside too? Anyway, just thought I'd mention that. See ya. Bye. (laughs) After that, Erickson goes to the FBI record office and he finds that Peter has taken... All of the files on the Jigsaw case, they're just gone. Because he's actually going to each of these places and investigating them.
1: Yeah, because he pieces together that that it had to have been Hoffman to have done that pendulum trap. Because there's motive there. And so Strom's just kind of going back in time, trying to figure out when did Hoffman join forces with John. And so yeah, he's visiting all these crime scenes. And I know you mentioned it already. But it's, it, it really is just so funny to me that all of these crime scenes are still intact. It's like, yeah, bro, right? put away the barbed wire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he visits a couple. He visits the pendulum. He visits the barbed wire trap. What was the other one? Oh, I guess he just goes back to the meatpacking plant. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we get the flashback to where Mark was also there, in case you didn't know, and saw three. <laughs> while Amanda was in the other room with Dr. Lynn. Mark showed up and was like, Amanda will fail you. And John handed him the case file on the five people for the trap that we see in this movie. Yep.
1: We also see, to tie him back to the first movie, he was the one to plant... Dr. Lawrence's oh, yeah. pen light at the crime scene, because Hoffman communicated to John that there's another detective and he's getting close. That's Detective Tap. It's like, cool. Set him off course with this little thing. The healer needs some healing.
0: I find it funny that Saul 5 establishes that John can't even be bothered to place a pen light at the scene of a crime.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Like Mark has to be the one to do that
1: wild also i did notice that they were kind of just like raw dogging a bunch of things touching things without gloves and everything yep. and it's like you all couldn't have done some like fingerprint dusting
0: yeah it's funny because last movie they say that riggs fingerprints were on several traps Mm-hmm. but marks weren't
1: yeah unless he was able to tamper with the evidence before that time or i don't know i guess
0: I guess Mark's inclusion can also hand wave away why the police are, like, behind in the jigsaw stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Mark has apparently been there since before Saw 1.
1: Apparently. Was
0: Cecil, like, his only victim at that point? Because, like, we see the list of victims. I'm sure this isn't exhaustive, but it does go in order, because it says, Cecil Fletcher, Mark Wilson- Seth Baxter. Who is Mark?
1: What was it? Mark Wilson?
0: Yeah. Was he the flammable
1: guy? Yes.
0: Okay. So it went Cecil, and then he went for the flammable man. And then he gets the Seth one, which is a frame job. And actually, Paul, he helped John kidnap Paul. And Paul is actually listed as the first victim in which Detective Hoffman is one of the investigators.
1: Mm. That's actually
0: funny. I like that detail. Yeah. But this also does prove that he hasn't been on since the beginning because it goes Detective Fisk, Detective Fisk, Fisk and Carrie, Hoffman, Tap, Sing, Hoffman, Tap, Sing, Hoffman, Tap, Sing, Fisk, Hoffman, Matthews, Carrie, Hoffman, etc. Yeah. Like Hmm. he's he's on there, which I also got to say, oh, Hoffman, Tap and Sing. Yeah. The famous trio from the first movie.
1: That we definitely saw.
0: Yeah. I didn't see Hoffman getting fucking shotgunned in the first movie.
1: Uh, shit. No, yes, (laughs) yes, you did.
0: (laughs) Hey, maybe that wasn't actually John. Maybe that was Mark.
1: Uh, who do you think was filming?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I stand corrected. (laughs) Oh, Mark was the drill guy the whole time.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's the one with the Costco membership.
0: Oh, there we go. So I think we're basically at the climax then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the climax is that Peter is lured to the...
1: Oh, wait. Hmm? Meanwhile, Strom follows Hoffman to a house that turns out to be the renovated nerve gas house from Saw 2. I don't think I registered that. I
0: didn't register that at all.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Saw Wiki showing us things we missed.
1: Yeah. Well, that makes sense because we did see like that trap door. I I guess it was the same trap door.
0: Ah. I didn't
1: didn't make that connection. That's wild. That's really cool that it like kind of circles back to the second one now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: (laughs) So Strom follows Hoffman into the renovated house from Saw Two, I suppose. Yeah. He sees this glass coffin.
1: Ah, uh, yes. With a
0: bunch of glass in it. I was I was excited to see it because last movie we were like, I don't remember that.
1: Well, because I was thinking, like, this looks familiar, but I don't, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that's why it was familiar because it does show up in this movie. Yeah. Nice little foreshadowing there. <laughs>
0: He gets a tape. First of all, I found it fun that you could tell that it's Mark on this tape now and not John. Yeah, The tape is basically like, oh, you know it's me, but like... You, you, what what the fuck does he even say? I don't even know. Let me see. The tape, recorded by Hoffman, congratulates him for finding the room, but urges him to go into the coffin, assuring him that this would be painful, but the only way he can save himself. Okay. I, I guess he literally is just like, hey, so if you don't do this, you'll die. And Peter literally says, fuck you. He and Mark start like physically fighting because Mark shows up in the room. He shoves Mark into the glass coffin and locks it. And Mark is, is looking and feeling real smug. <laughs> he points to the recorder and Peter plays the rest of it he's like, Oh, by the way, if you don't get in the coffin, you're gonna die. Sorry. Uh oh. So fucking Hello Zep starts playing as if this is a twist.
1: The
0: coffin very slowly tilts back and then lowers into like a recess in the floor.
1: It's astounding how all of these people are just very accomplished engineers. Yeah, right. You know who the fuck wouldn't be able to rig that up? Me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> The walls start like closing in on Peter and he gets fucking squished to death. This is some of the biggest ick that I've seen in this franchise where oh, you- his arm gets crushed and like the bone pops out and yes. shit. I'm like, no, those are supposed to be on the inside.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that that gave me the ick because the walls are closing in and he has his palms planted against one of the walls, like trying to push it. <laughs> and then, oh, and it just, oh, his arm cracks. and ugh.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Erickson has tracked down Mark's little jigsaw office where the other game is being ran, and there he finds, like, FBI files on the people in the other trap. By the way, these FBI files are about an arson that killed eight people. So what we find out is that Malik was offered an ounce of heroin To burn down this quote unquote abandoned building. I also don't know if an ounce of heroin is a lot of heroin.
1: I I don't know heroin.
0: How much is a dose of heroin usually?
1: (laughs) FBI, do not look at my search history.
0: (laughs) The average price for 0.1 gram of heroin costs $15 to $20. How much is grams to ounces?
1: So one ounce is 28.34 grams. That's
0: a lot of heroin, actually. (laughs)
1: 28.34 grams. And then it's what, 0.01 is like one 0.1 is
0: uh, one serving of of heroin. So he's got like, what's 28 times two? 16 plus, like 56 servings of heroin. (laughs) Jesus Christ, that is actually-
1: Wait, 0.1 grams?
0: Yeah, 0.1 grams is your average serving of heroin, apparently
1: holy shit so hang on so it's 28.34 divided by 0. 0.1 like they do 273.4 servings of heroin
0: jesus christ i think if i were an addict i might do this
1: how much was a gram of heroin money wise like 15 1 grams that's only like 4100 dollars. i gotta be doing my math wrong <laughs> i don't know if i would do arson for four grand
0: Yeah, but four grand of something that you, like, are addicted to.
1: That is true.
0: Anyway, so he was offered this heroin in exchange for burning down this abandoned building. And he did, and it turned out there were eight people still living there. And he never found the guy who told him to do this. And his dad got him off on all charges and buried it. And we find out that everyone in this trap had something to do with this. Ashley, the fire inspector, wrote a false report... About this. Luba, I guess, was the motivator for, like, what they wanted to put there? Like, they wanted to put a stadium right there or something? Yeah,
1: because it was her dad who wanted to build the stadium, and yeah. it's impossible to get, like, permits for that or something in, in, in Metropolitan City. Mm-hmm. And so, like, having his daughter on the city planning team or whatever.
0: Yeah. And then Charles was the investigative reporter who eventually buried this story. And then Brit was actually the mastermind behind this. She like set this all up and she actually knew that eight people were still living there.
1: Damn. Which is
0: fucked up.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: And she's she's one of the people that survives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, by the way, both are people, Malik and Brit, they both survived this game. Erickson shows up and he calls the paramedics. And also he tries to call Strom and Strom's phone is just like on the desk, which is really funny to me.
1: It's just so ridiculous because, again, we all know that there have been multiple frame jobs done already. Mm -hmm. You really think it's going to be that easy where you call Strom, his phone goes off and it's right there along with files and also a file on Erickson himself.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's just the bit that puts it over the top.
1: Yeah, so Erickson puts out an APB on Strom. Who...
0: Who is dead now.
1: Who is dead now, RIP. But
0: I have to ask, like, how? How is is Peter supposed to have been framed for this? He just showed up in town.
1: That's, yeah.
0: Like, oh yeah, he's been here the whole... He's, oh yeah. (laughs) Erickson is also pulling a Saw 5 on us where he's like, Oh, clearly Strom was secretly here the whole time.
1: Ridiculous.
0: So that's the movie.
1: The end.
0: Nicole, you got any fun facts?
1: Ooh, let's see. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. So Scott Patterson actually stuck his head into a sealed box that filled with water. Ew. The trap was tested beforehand and didn't go well, which only added to his concern.
0: Why did they go with it then?
1: <laughs> He ultimately stepped up and did the scene himself without resorting to a stuntman. The trick to the stunt is that the walls of the box were slid open by stagehands, draining the trap as soon as he signaled with his hands. Several takes were required, however, to capture the scene as he found himself uncomfortable at various points during the shooting of the scene.
0: Oh, I wonder why. You're only being drowned on camera.
1: Yeah, and also, like, various points during the shooting of the scene and it took several takes my ass would be done after one you kidding me but like i don't have the mental fortitude to do it more than once
0: the language of the wiki here too where it's like he stepped up and did it himself instead of resorting to a stunt man like yeah like oh you pussy you don't want to drown on camera <laughs> you want to have somebody who's actually maybe qualified to do this do it fuck you you little bitch <laughs> i actually have a theoretical fun fact Oh, because Darren Lynn Boatsman, this is the first film that he hasn't directed. And I think it's because he was off directing Repo the Genetic Opera, because Repo the Genetic Opera came out in 2008, along with this movie.
1: I think I saw something about that somewhere, or I could be lying. Yeah, no, I didn't. But what I did see was that Danny Glover was offered a chance to come back for like in a flashback. But he said he couldn't do it because there were shooting conflicts because he was also filming Blindness that came out in 2008.
0: Ah. I find it fun how many people will come back for these movies. Right? I don't know why Shawnee Smith keeps not coming back, though, because we hear Amanda's voice in four and five, but we don't see her. Did they not want to pay her residuals or something?
1: Who fucking knows?
0: Anyway, also, we have yet another Saw cast member who says that filming this gave them nightmares. Yes. Julie Benz, who was Brit, she said that, quote, filming the movie freaked me out. I had nightmares. I'd never been in a psychological horror movie. It actually affected me on a deep level. I don't know if I can actually see this one. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I did think that she did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, I liked her. She was fun.
0: She wasn't given a lot to work with, but...
1: Well, yeah, but she was fun. This is the first film in the series where a character does not say game over at the climax. <gasps> oh
0: my god, that's what was missing. Like, legitimately. Yeah. This whole climax is weak. Yeah. And we'll talk about the twist later. Okay. So, Nicole, let's rate the traps.
1: Okay, so for traps... The fist and the pendulum. Then we have scuba helmet. Mm -hmm. The necktie guillotine. Boo-boo keys.
0: A.K.A. the boom-boom room.
1: Boom-boom room. (laughs) Shock tub. The blood drive.
0: And then glass coffin.
1: Yes. All right.
0: So what are your thoughts on the fist and the pendulum?
1: I mean, it's like an unwinnable trap, so... Yeah. Real gruesome. The fact that the gears moved very slowly so that the squishing of the fists was slow. Yeah. Didn't like it.
0: I thought it was kind of cool, though. It's one of the better opening kills. I agree. Hell of a lot better than engine block battle.
1: That's for sure.
0: <laughs> it's better than Piercings at Claire's, too.
1: Oh, I do love Piercings at Claire's. Just because <sighs> of the name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the name that we gave him. <laughs>
1: scuba helmet as i established one of my all-time favorites i love it
0: yeah it's it's interesting because i normally wouldn't rate the unwinnable traps that high because it kind of goes against the general philosophy but this one it's not even the trap it's how it's presented and how it's won that's really cool
1: strom was such a badass in this movie
0: he was R.I.P. Strom.
1: R.I.P. Strom.
0: He was too good for this franchise, I guess.
1: Honestly, yeah. <laughs> All right, necktie guillotine. Um,
0: the time limit's kind of short. Yeah. I feel like it should have been 90 seconds. If I was like a playtester here, I would say- A playtester! <laughs> I would say the time limit's a little short for five people. Mm-hmm. Because that gives them, what, like 12, 12 seconds, seconds per person? Yeah. That's not a lot of time.
1: Nah. Yeah, and this one was fine. Yeah. Boo-boo keys the boom-boom room.
0: I don't like this one. I also gotta say, like, every one of these traps in the B-plot here ends with a nail bomb Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we got to close the door and like start the next trap before the nail bomb in the previous room goes off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you really had to do that for good measure. It just feels lazy to me. Yeah,
1: that one was kind of whatever. This one was fine too. And I think it just like especially pisses me off because you could have clearly fit more than one person in those chambers. Like if it was a smaller chamber where it's like you'd have to be lying on top of another person. I think I would like it a bit more because it would require more out of the box thinking. But it's so freaking obvious. You could have fit all five people in one chamber.
0: Yep, probably. Those things
1: were deep as hell.
0: They really were.
1: Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, shock tub. This one doesn't make sense to me.
0: Makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. How is this not supposed to just kill one person? I want to see your diagrams, Mark.
1: Yeah, or somebody who, someone who knows electricity, uh, explain. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it was like milliampere or something, right? I feel like that would probably kill one person. I don't believe that Mark has the electrical engineering skills to not kill somebody with this. I mean,
1: he has some ridiculous engineering skills, apparently. He does. So the next one being the blood drive.
0: I like this one. This is the best one one of this lot. I think that it's clever. It's gruesome. Mm -hmm. And, like, it shows you the mistakes you made in the other traps.
1: Yes, I like this as a reveal to, like, that squad.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and now Glass Coffin.
0: Uh, this one is pretty low for me. I don't like this because if you are the only person in that room, it's dead simple. You literally just have to get into this box, say it's going to hurt you and not even that much. It's going it's to like poke your back a lot and cut you there. Mm-hmm. It, it'll probably hurt like a son of a bitch.
1: Less than getting squished.
0: Yeah. You sink into the floor, the The walls come in. I assume they come out afterwards. Because yeah. otherwise I have Mark get out. Yeah. And that's it. It just feels like you don't even have to do much for that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He could have probably taken off his coat and just like laid it down in there beforehand.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean. know. I don't know. I I kind of liked it, but also, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a like a test, really. Yeah.
0: It just feels like this was just meant to kill Peter.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because the like Hello Zepp stuff at that point is John being like, if you know the human psychology, you'll be able to predict everyone's movements. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's supposed to tell us that Mark knew that Peter wouldn't just get into the box because who is going to just get into the box?
1: Yeah, Man. Like Why you're not going to just trust the tape.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think it's kind of lame.
1: Yeah. So ranking, can we agree that the best one is scuba helmet?
0: <sighs> I'm giving that two. Really? I like the hand one. I think it's cool.
1: Hand one's good. Hand one's going to be my number two.
0: Yeah, Blood Drive is my number one.
1: Scuba Helmet is my number one. I'll make that one my number two.
0: Yeah, then we do the reverse for our number twos here. What's your number three?
1: My number three. Mm, I'm thinking mine's going to be the fist and the pendulum. I think
0: think mine is probably the guillotine one. What do you call that? Necktie guillotine? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that one's kind of cool in design. I like the teamwork element of it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Fist in the Pendulum was my number three. I don't know. I, I liked it in the sense that it was like, it was, I mean, despite the fact that it was unwinnable because that's how it was set up. I liked it. I liked the setup, I guess. It was pretty yeah. epic.
0: I'll make that my four. Mm-hmm. It's a cool design. It's a cool scene. I think it's a good tone setter.
1: Yeah. My number four would have to be Necktie Guillotine. Yeah. We have Boom Boom Room, Shock Tub, and Glass Coffin. So Glass Coffin probably going to be my number five. <sighs>
0: I guess my number five is Boom Boom Room. I don't have much to say about it. It's fine in its design.
1: Yeah. Boom Boom Room is my number six.
0: Yeah. My number six is Glass Coffin. And then we both agree, Shock Tub.
1: <laughs> it was the worst.
0: I don't understand it. <laughs> is the um, thing.
1: Honestly, if somebody can explain it to me, like I'm five, make it make sense. And I feel like I would like it a lot more.
0: Legitimately draw me a diagram. Yes. And then prove to me that this won't kill anyone if it's spread out amongst five people.
1: Highly agree. Where I I want to like this one.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. I think it's just not done very well. Yeah. Or at least not communicated very well.
1: I would, yeah, I would just like to see an explanation because like I said, I want to like this one. Because I think it seems cool in theory, but it just doesn't make sense in my brain. Yeah. But also, I'm an idiot, so who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, do you think you would survive this movie?
1: Ooh, I feel like this one's hard to judge because a lot of these also depend on who you're stuck with. Yeah. Because like, okay, if it was us two, I feel like we could survive.
0: Yeah. I think if it was us two and probably like any combination of three people at Moonshot, I think we could do it. Yeah. I think probably any combination of the real life friends that we share, we could probably do it. Random strangers, probably. It depends on the strangers.
1: It depends on the strangers. I feel like if we quickly assert ourselves as the ones in charge. <laughs> but then also that might lead people to, to distrust us. Yeah. What I think is funny now that I say that, I think it was Luba When she woke up, she immediately turns to one of them and she says, what what are you doing to me? Or why did you do this to me? And it's like, bitch, you don't see this person's also in like the same setup as you. Yeah, (laughs) right? Like, why would people automatically assume? I mean, the only time that actually happened was with Amanda being in the gas room in the second movie.
0: And Mark in the seesaw.
1: Oh, that too. But I don't think I would automatically assume that the killer is like with me or my kidnapper is with me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's how that's generally how that works.
1: I don't know. So yeah, as for those five, I feel like we could survive if we're with a decent group of people. Yeah. Scuba helmet. I don't think I'd be able to survive. No, I was going to actually say that earlier because where the fuck would I put it? I don't know (laughs) the anatomy of my throat
0: i'm not a doctor i don't like my throat being touched in general i have a lot of issues with breathing i think i would just probably die i would
1: try i would try to drink some of the water
0: (laughs) why didn't peter try that just slurp it as it's coming out
1: i love hydration But yeah, I probably die fist in the pendulum.
0: It's not meant to be one.
1: Yeah, but like I say it was, I don't think I'd be able to do it because it moved so slowly. If it was fast, I think I'd be able to do it. But because I could hear the gears turning like click by click, I don't think yeah. I'd be able to do
0: it. I would just back out at that point. I would be like, how slow this is going is not worth my hands also being crushed. when I'm already going to be cut in half.
1: Yeah glass coffin i feel like i would survive yeah i wouldn't just go in there because also i didn't see that there was a timer or any stakes of any kind so i would probably try to get some of the glass out first like use my foot to kick it or something (laughs) yeah i don't know it makes no sense (laughs) yeah so overall i feel like i have pretty good odds this movie yeah pretty
0: decent one nicole how do you feel about the twist in this one
1: Uh... and also
0: nicole what is the twist in this one
1: say i'm like what are we talking about because all right i feel like we have mini twists yeah so the mini twist of the people in the trap realizing that they would need five people to get through it without all like getting ripped apart that was a pretty nice twist for them yeah i think that works i think that's kind of cool i think it's like oh shit like we really fucked up we clearly could have all survived this if we worked together but we're stupid so I think that was a fun little twist.
0: And the fact that afterwards they celebrate having worked together on the last one. Yeah. And not just like killing one person entirely.
1: Mm-hmm. So that was fun as a mini twist. And I guess the other twist being that Peter is framed. But it's like,
0: that's not even a twist. That's just what the movie is about. I,
1: yeah, I don't know.
0: It's really just about how it's filling in information to make the last twist make sense. Yeah, and then at the end, it's like, "Oh, I've been framing you the whole time," which we already know.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Like, maybe I don't remember what happens in Saw Six because, like, I remember this—the like the five people stuck in the trap—and I wasn't sure if it was five or six, but now that it's five people, it makes sense that it was five. Yeah. So I honestly don't remember if I've if I've ever even seen Saw Six. So I don't know if this does set up for the next movie or something, but the only twist I can think of is just that they realize they all had to work together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But what's weird is that they don't do the Hello Zep music for that. And that's not at the very end. The Hello Zep music is like Mark points to the recorder and he finishes the message that's like, by the way, you're going to die if you don't go in here. And I felt that was kind of implied in the first half of the message. Yeah. I don't know. I think that this twist, quote unquote, is fucking stupid and non-existent.
1: (laughs) I don't think there's much more to say about that.
0: Yeah. And Nicole, a question that I haven't gotten to ask yet, but I feel is now appropriate Does Mark live up to the legacy of Jigsaw?
1: I think in terms of engineering, yes, but I don't think so. No. I don't know. Like the trap with the five people, I think is pretty memorable in the sense that like it makes sense to have these people in a trap. I guess it kind of makes sense to have them work together since they unknowingly worked together to kill eight people. So I feel like, you know, there's that kind of jigsaw poetic way of doing things there. But everything else didn't really make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think that like, kind of the point is that Mark is a shitty imitation jigsaw, but in a different way than Amanda. Yeah. Because Mark gets it, but he just can't do it right, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Overall, Mark's trap here is not really a great teacher. I guess the lesson of, oh, you're all selfish, I kind of disagree that their issue was that they were selfish. I think their issue is that they're willing to turn a blind eye to... I mean, I guess that's kind of selfish. They're willing to turn a blind eye to uh, help themselves in some way. But in what way does that help Charles?
1: Like did Charles say receive a payout? Like They didn't make that clear. Like if he received some kind of payout to bury this story, then okay. But they never explicitly say that that happened.
0: Yeah. I'm also going to say it now. Because it's going to become a theme in Mark's traps. And I do find it very cool that you can actually, like, kind of find themes in each designer's traps. Mm -hmm. Mark loves time limits. Oh. And he loves, like, pretty short time limits, too. It kind of drives me nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. You basically will never again get the same kind of tension as, like... You know, the husband and wife shish kebab or I mean, reverse bear trap had a timer, but it was 15 minutes like that is plenty of time.
1: Oh, I didn't remember it being 15 minutes. Yeah. Damn.
0: It feels weak. It feels like he doesn't want them to survive because I guess his philosophy is that not everyone deserves a chance, no matter what John says. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think Mark is a weak jigsaw. I hope to be proven wrong at some point.
1: We'll see.
0: Yep. Who deserved to be here the most, Nicole?
1: Ooh. I don't know. They all kind of sucked, honestly.
0: For me, Brit, hands down.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Brit, but also I was thinking Seth.
0: Oh, yeah, Seth.
1: I guess Seth only killed one person, but, like, it was a pretty hands-on murder.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a crime of passion.
1: Yeah. I guess.
0: I think Brit, how calculating hers was, how she was, like, going to kill these eight people for her personal gain- and, like, just did it so callously and set so many people up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really fucked up.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: She is one of the worst villains in Saw history.
1: Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, that's so why I was like, I don't know if her or Seth, because it was a crime of passion. It was a real grisly murder. So he he got his hands dirty, you know?
0: Yeah, if not her, then Seth. Who deserved
1: to be here the least? Strom. <laughs>
0: yeah (laughs) strom
1: we keep me counting him
0: (laughs) if we're counting strom then strom if we're not counting strom then (sighs) charles
1: because what did they do he was just the investigative reporter and like yeah he buried the story but you're telling me that there weren't other reporters trying to like
0: (laughs) and we already know that the feds were investigating it too yeah and also like what does buried the story mean in this context did he actively take a bribe or did his boss take a bribe and he couldn't publish it? Because he seems to be kind of pissed off about it.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing where, you know, we don't know. We we don't know if he was given any kind of payout or anything. I don't know. We we don't really see why he's there other than he, quote, buried the story. Like, yeah. What do, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think if we're not counting Strom, then Charles.
0: Yeah. And we kind of discussed this, but how useless were the police, Nicole?
1: Again, negative useful because fucking Hoffman's up in this bitch. Yep. Being a cop and also the killer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Strom fucking ruled, though.
0: Strom was great. Honestly, I wish he was in more of this franchise. I agree. What's our death count up to, Nicole?
1: Oh, boy. All right. R.I.P. Seth. Gone, but never forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Rig and Tap both confirmed dead. Mm Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Perez, also confirmed dead. From The Trap, R.I.P. Ashley, R.I.P. Charles, R.I.P. Luba.
0: And, of course, R.I.P. Peter Strom.
1: R.I.P. Strom. I think that's it. I think that's it.
0: So that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
1: eight. Woo! that's 37 deaths, baby. That's wild.
0: <laughs> I thought it was fewer people who died in this movie, not gonna lie. But, I mean, I guess it was again again with the... When we confirm people dead.
1: So we're averaging 7.4 deaths per movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wild.
0: What's your final word on Saw 5?
1: You know what? I enjoyed the movie. I liked it. But I have to agree with what you said earlier. I think this is my least favorite so far. But I think that's just a testament as to how strong the other movies are. That this is my least favorite and I was still able to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I don't even hate this movie. I hate that it lies mm-hmm. to me, but I, I just kind of feel nothing about it. Yeah. Like, aside from a couple of icks, I don't like Mark. I don't like the traps were so disconnected from the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. It it was basically the opposite of everything I liked from Saw 4. Yeah. Where, like, I loved our protagonist. I loved the traps and how they tied into everything. I like how the soap opera weaved back and forth. The movie is just kind of there.
1: So... Saw 4 had what, like an 18 or 16% on Rotten Tomatoes? 18. 18. This one has a 13%, 52% audience score.
0: More deserved.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: What's the audience score for 4?
1: 62.
0: Hey, that's pretty okay.
1: They knew what was up.
0: Yeah. And Nicole, you have not seen any of the movies past this point.
1: I may have seen Saw 6, but I don't want to look up what happens.
0: Okay, I want you to give me your predictions for what happens in the Saw story from here, however broad or narrow you want to do it.
1: All right. So Peter got hella fucking squished. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that they're still going to be looking for him (laughs) because there's like no evidence that he's dead, I think, Mm -hmm. probably, because I'm assuming Mark, you know, got some Clorox and cleaned that shit up. So I think they're still going to be looking for him and they will be like, oh, this fucking guy is missing and he's the killer. Go find him. Mm hmm. We're going to find out what's in the box that Jill got. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever going to see the two that survived this trap. Supposedly, I don't know.
0: Who didn't die in this trap, at least.
1: Yeah, Britt and Mallet. I don't think we're going to see them again. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's too soon to formally introduce another accomplice, but I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see hints that there may be another person helping Mark. Mm-hmm. I think that's it Okay, for my predictions. So we shall see.
0: Yep, we shall see. So join us next time when we cover Saw 6. Nicole, where can people find you outside of this basement?
1: Oh my gosh, outside of this basement, the people can find me on Twitter at Sexy That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I. The Sexy Clown. Not the Sexy Clown, the Sad Clown. <laughs> 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 well, both.
0: And you can find me at Punk Dyke, Punkdyke, P U N K D Y K E. Much like the traps in Saw 5, several people work together to make my tweets. Uh, they just all live inside my head. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and you can find the show at We Seesaw on Twitter, same name as the show, coincidentally. If you want to email us and explain to us how the bathtub trap works,
1: please.
0: Please, please, please email us at playingontheseesaw at gmail.com, all one word.
1: And if you can't explain it to us, tell us who you would like to be in that five-person trap with. Yeah. Name the, <laughs> name her four besties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drop the squad. Squad goals. <laughs> okay, well, until next time, game over.
1: miss getting kicked in the face at warp tour did you shatter your glasses in a mosh pit in 2007 did you wear more studded belts than a final fantasy character then we have the show for you we are so emo i fell apart a podcast about third wave emo late night live journal updates burnt hair and everything in between join us every second saturday as we examine major moments in the history of emo and keep you updated on current events because it was never a phase